Welcome to our podcast, We Got the Nod. A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening. We are here to uplift and inspire you, to share practical tools and techniques to assist you stepping into your highest expression as spirit having a human experience. We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry, and mantra, and so much more. Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal real. Let's begin. Welcome back to We Got the Nod Internet Radio Podcast. Your host, Sakirthan Carr. And with me today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Anne Livingston, and she's coming to us from Arizona, correct? Yep. Excellent. And Anne has a very fascinating story to share. And so we thought we'd get her on air here and, and, and share. And tell all the things. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna have a, you know, a nice conversation here, a nice casual <laughs> conversation, and uh, I'm sure lots of nuggets of wisdom and all kinds of stuff will be shared. Yeah. So, let's open it up. Uh, Anne, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Do you want me just to dive in, or do you have a question? Or <laughs> let's start with your path. How did you get to your nomadic life that you're living now you know it's interesting I feel like when we when we ask ourselves a question of like how did I get to where I am <laughs> you know like you take time to reflect on I think there's always like one pivotal moment that we experience right that's like yes this is the pivotal moment where everything changed but when we take time to really reflect we can also see that even before that pivotal moment there were all kinds of things leading up to that you know to that moment and so my pivotal moment was in february of 2017 at the end of a relationship the relationship had ended december 2016 mm -hmm. and I like at the end of that relationship, that relationship really catapulted me in my spiritual awakening, even though there were kind of bits and pieces that led up to that. But it was like the end of that relationship was when I said to myself, no more, every pattern that I had in this relationship, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to heal it and it's going to be done because I can't be in another relationship. I can't be in a healthy relationship until I really heal those wounds that were getting triggered within that relationship. So, and how that, long were you in that relationship prior to this? Just under a year. Okay, so pretty quick. Yeah, it was, uh, it was but intense. You know, it was like as soon as I met the person, it was just passion and fire, and um, it, it just, it just naturally kind of evolved into into a relationship. But um, mm -hmm. so yeah, so at the end of that relationship. He had moved out. His stuff was still there because we were, we were living together at the time. And I got the intuitive hit that said, sell your shit and hit the road. And it didn't make any sense because I didn't believe that my business was sustainable enough. I didn't have a car. I have two cats. Like nothing on paper looked like it was logical <laughs> at all. But I also had whatever level of awareness to know 
that I was getting that intuitive hit for a reason. And so although it was terrifying, I decided to go for it. And so I just started taking the next step and the next step and the next step, which was, you know, donate some stuff that I don't need right now in this moment. And then, okay, I'm going to start selling some bigger things and okay, I'm not going to resign my lease and, you know, those types of activities. So that was, that was the pivotal moment. But before that, before that relationship, I had been married. I was in an abusive relationship, a verbally abusive relationship. Um, I had no voice in that mm. relationship. And by not having a voice in that relationship, I overcompensated in my next relationship, which is part of why it failed, because I became very forceful and very vocal, and I didn't know how to manage my emotions. And so it was just all coming out of me because I had been silenced for so many years. Um, my marriage was also a relationship where he had no level of spirituality at all, um, which is what I wanted. I was dating atheists at the time. Um, I, <laughs> Were you I an atheist not, at the time? You know, I considered myself to be agnostic. So I grew up uh -huh. in the church. My dad's a retired minister, but I did not believe in God. Um, I, I had this feeling that there was potentially something, but it was just like, that was as far as I allowed myself to really explore. Um, and so in my, in my marriage, it was just, there was no freedom for me to be able to even explore that possibility. It was just all shut down. And mm -hmm. so when I became a coach in 2014, um, after losing my teaching career, like, cause again, this was like things falling apart over and over and over again. So when I became a coach in 2014, I started opening the door to personal development mm -hmm. and I read the book, you are a badass by Jen Sincero. Oh, and yes, in that, yes, it's so good, right? Good one. Yes. <laughs> so in that book, as she was talking about, you know, the universe, I just, it started to kind of crack the door of that curiosity. So mm. that was really, you know, it was like, that was mm -hmm. where the door was cracked. And then through personal development, I started to gain a little bit of confidence in, you know, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to be treated well. I deserve to have a life that I choose to create. And I didn't really have the level of awareness of how to do that or what was truly possible but again, it's like, you know, reflecting back on my life, I see how every single thing played a part mm -hmm. to get me to February 2017 when God is like, yep, sell your shit and hit the road. And then I was like, okay. Mm. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I had, I, I want people to, to really understand that although I was, I was at the very beginning of my spiritual journey and I was, you know, reading the books and meditating and, and doing, you know, the things I had no level of actual faith. You know, I would say that I had conditional faith. I had faith when things were going well, and then I did not have faith when things were not going well. And I wondered where the hell God was when things weren't going well. And so a huge piece of venturing out on the road now that, you know, I had done it for three years and have had all kinds of many, many lows and, and highs as well, but many, many lows was really learning how to have unconditional faith, even when it looks like things aren't going to work out. Mm. And um, so it's been extremely powerful.
Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. And at what point were your books birthed? I know you have one book published, correct? Yep. Radical so Rebirth? Radical Rebirth. And then the two, the next two in the series are in the process. So book two, I'm in the editing phase and book uh -huh. three, I'm in, I'm in the first, the, the first draft phase still. Um, so I started writing Radical Rebirth. Well, I attempted to start writing it multiple times, but I officially started <laughs> writing it um, October of 2018. I started mm -hmm. working with my editor and then it was finished and I had feedback from test readers August of 2019. And then it was launched in January 2020 as an untitled manuscript. People mm. could donate and get the PDF. I was like, that was a big deal for me. And then it was officially published on Amazon on my birthday, March, March 20th, 2020. Wow. Beautiful. So yeah. I what was a like, great you know what? birthday gift. Oh. I know. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to gift myself my first book on my birthday. We're going to share a birthday. <laughs> That's profound, especially yeah. given the nature of the book as your memoir yep. and the title radical rebirth. <laughs> yeah, I know it was like, and it's the beginning of, of the Aries season. And, you know, it was just like, there were so mm -hmm. many first day of spring. Like there's just, there's so much, symbolism with that date mm -hmm. also so in your journey it's now been three years since you left your old life yeah. and started this new path what would you say was your most guiding principle what helped you stay the course or would help reveal the course to you do you have any specific practice that you do or I definitely have a practice um, that helps strengthen my intuition. Um, so I have my own self-care practice, which I also teach my clients. It's a, it's a holistic practice. So you nourish your body, mind, and soul. So every single morning I move my body in some capacity, some form of a workout. Um, I meditate. I, I don't always journal, but I oftentimes journal. I do something that connects me to my soul, whether it's being outside, whether it's having like a dance party whether it's, you know, some, mm -hmm. some form of connecting me to my higher self. And so by incorporating the body, mind, and soul every single morning, it's how I start my day. It sets the mm -hmm. foundation to everything else, you know, and there aren't always messages that come through me every single morning, but oftentimes there are. And I, mm -hmm. I noticed that the more I do that, the more I really stay consistent and honor that as my morning practice, the more the more wisdom I receive, I'll wake up with messages, you know, I'll wake up with intuitive hits, mm. but I would say beyond that, as far as what really like internally kept me going on my journey was just this deep knowing that my journey was on purpose. My journey is on purpose and was on purpose. And I can't tell you how many times I've had moments mm. where I've been like on the floor sobbing, yelling at God, you know, asking God, like, why is this so hard? Why, why is shit not working out? Like why, you know, cause there were moments I didn't have money. There were moments I didn't have clients. There were moments I was getting no over and over and over again. There were moments where I was leaving one Airbnb and didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. Like mm. luckily I never actually had to sleep <laughs> in my car, but there were moments where I really thought I was going to have to. And and in those moments, it's like, what, how do you keep going? And what kept me going was simply knowing that 
I, it's all for a reason that at mm -hmm. some point I would get the clarity of what it was all for. And I just kept focusing on the person out there who needed my story, mm -hmm. you know, like the person out there who needed to know that even when it looked like there was no way in hell it was going to work out that as long as I held the vision of what was possible and as long as I really felt into who I am and why I'm here and, and what is possible for my life. Like I just kept holding onto the vision and feeling into what that life feels like, what that version of myself feels like. Mm -hmm. And, um, it kept me going through, through a lot. Beautiful. So what would yeah. you say is your sole purpose as you see it now? I, at this moment in time, I see my sole purpose as, someone who, who ignites and, and helps to inspire others to embody their light, mm. you know, their light and their purpose and speak their truth and to be authentic, like authenticity, huge to me, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. That's what yeah. they really appreciate about connecting with you as we have these past few months you know first we met in walk away and your honest, know. <laughs> your honest story and sharing there and and daily you share beautiful authentic sharings and Thank I just you. really appreciate um, the level of vulnerability you bring and uh, the level of insight and wisdom and just real. Thank you. <laughs> it's really refreshing. Well, and I will say that it, so in 2017, I actually set the intention at the beginning of the year to be the most authentic version of myself. Like that was a very conscious mm -hmm. intention that I set. And, you know, I think that we set certain intentions and we think that it's just going to like magically transform overnight, right? Like you set mm -hmm. the intention, like I'm going to be authentic. And then you just think like, okay, so I'm just going to show up and speak my truth, but that's hard. Like that's really yeah. hard when, <laughs> when people are judging you, you know? And, and I realized that part of why I went through so many struggles was because I had to keep healing those wounds that, you know, the stories that told me I wasn't enough, the stories that told me I wasn't intelligent, the stories that told me I was gullible, the stories that told me that someone else was better at doing it than I was. Um, I had to keep working through those stories and, and part of being really, truly authentic is loving yourself so fiercely that you don't need anyone else to show up for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten to the point multiple times where I've just said to people like, I do not care. I love you. I honor you. I respect you, but I do not care if you don't agree with me because I know what is true for me and I know who I am. And you can think, you can think whatever you want about who you think I am, but I know in the depths mm -hmm. of my soul who I am and nothing you say or think can alter that for me. But that's not who I was three years ago, <laughs> you know, like yeah. so people see who I am today and they're just like, and they, they celebrate me and I appreciate that, you know, and I, you know, in the spirit of being honest and vulnerable and authentic. I want people to, to really hear that it was, it was a process. It was mm -hmm. a true process to get to where I am today. Yeah. So beautiful and so powerful. Thank you. Did you notice a shift in your business when you started to share more vulnerably <laughs> in your um, real life? 
It was, you know, that was a journey. Everything's been a journey. (laughs) I really believed that I was like, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to speak my truth and people will love it and they'll hire me and it'll be amazing and money will flow in. And it did not happen that way at all. (laughs) Like I failed and I failed and I failed Mm -hmm. and I failed failed. And I hired coach after coach after coach, and I invested tens of thousands of dollars. And what I learned was that I have all of the answers. Mm. (laughs) Right. And so I, (laughs) it's, it's not about not hiring a coach. It's not about not getting support. Cause I think that I, there's obviously as someone who mentors other people, there's value in that, but there's a difference between hiring someone because you think they're going to give you the answers versus hiring someone because they're going to help you find your own answers. Yeah. And I, and this, this is not a knock on my coaches at all. I really believe that it was part of my level of consciousness that showed up wanting Mm -hmm. someone else to give me the answers because as long as someone else gave me the answers, if it didn't work, I had someone to blame. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And so I, I tried all of these different things, but the, the biggest lesson that I received also was that I, I began to really be able to trust what was in alignment for me and what wasn't. So -hmm. the last time I hired my last business coach and she was encouraging me to like show up on live video and sell my services in a certain way. And I just started to, to lean into like, this doesn't feel right. And it's not that I was doing anything like sleazy or shady or anything like that. It just wasn't in alignment. Mm-hmm. And so I would say to her, I just feel like I don't need to do this. Like, I don't feel like I actually need to get on live video and sell myself. I believe that I have such a powerful story. And that I have so many gifts that when I just show up and speak and interact with people that people will just, just like genuinely seek me out and want to work with me. And she thought that was kind of crazy. And I was just like, no, like I really, I really believe, you know, and so many, so many coaches tell you to get really clear on like who your ideal client is and what is, what it is that you do. And I really struggled with that. Because I don't like labels, I don't like boxes, and there's not just one thing that I do. There's not one thing I do, there's not one person I work with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I try to really narrow it down, then I'm I'm like missing out for lack of better terms. I'm missing out on all of these other people who I could be serving. And so I really just had to, you know, after all of those experiences, I was like, all right, well. I don't know what, I don't know why I'm here <laughs> or what I'm supposed to do, but I know that I can trust myself. And so I just mm-hmm. kept following like the next nudge and the next nudge and the next nudge. And then after Radical Rebirth was, was birthed, I reached out to my editor and I was like, oh my God, I'm a writer. She's like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. I was just like, man, the fact that like nobody else ever fully picked up on that, but I'm like, Yes, I mentor. Yes, I teach. Yes, I do these things, but, but I'm a writer. And, and one thing that my editor said to me that was really profound for me in that moment was she said, a writer doesn't just write. A writer observes the world and then gives words to your, you know, you give words to your experience of life. And when you give words to your experience of life, you give words to other people's experiences of life. And 
And I was like, man, that's a really important job. <laughs> that's a really important job yeah. that I have. And so I realized that I serve so many more people through my writing, through my podcasting, through, through my speaking and storytelling. I serve more people than I do just with like one-on-one or group mentorship alone. I love mentoring and I had to really fully embrace that I could make money, that my business could thrive without being in the box of I am a coach. Cause I'm like, that just doesn't really resonate with me. I'm so much more than a coach. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're a writer, an author, um, artist and yeah. Yeah. In all these different ways. Storyteller. <laughs> yeah. I can talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a gift. It totally is a gift, especially when it's coherent and as well yeah. together as you do. <laughs> so being on the road these three years, you've been mainly in the U.S. or only in the U.S.? All in the U.S. All yep, the US. only in the U.S. Because I have, have cats you, and I was like, it's a, it's ah, kind of a headache to try to travel with them. Have you considered going international? Not until I needed a home base. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what? If I have a home base, then I have the opportunity to go international I always traveled with my passport. I just never actually went anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have a home base and you can have a cat sitter and a house exactly. sitter. <laughs> exactly. That makes it a little bit easier than like everything is in my car. <laughs> Where the hell do we go? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Being here in uh, like Atala Guatemala, we get a lot of digital nomads come through and also yeah. we we're in uh, Mexico and um, yeah, it's it's just such a beautiful world now being connected on the internet that gives us freedom to really work. I agree. Mm-hmm. Experience life in a whole new way. <laughs> I know. I know. And I have had, I've had so many moments, actually. Like one of the first moments was sitting at the Grand Canyon and like looking out at the vastness. And I just started sobbing mm-hmm. with so much gratitude. You know, like so much gratitude for the life I was experiencing and that even when it was terrifying and I didn't know how it was going to work out, I said yes to it anyway, because I thought of how many people never see what they say they want to see. They never live the life they say they want to live. And so many people say, I'll do that when I retire. Someday I'll do that. One day I'll do that. When the kids grow up, when I have money, it's always win this, then that. And you miss out on so much, like you miss Mm. out on so much of life. And I just, I had that moment where I was just like, thank God my old life didn't work out, Ah. you know, because, because otherwise I wouldn't be experiencing what I'm experiencing right now in this moment. And that's a damn shame, you know? So yeah. Thank God for that abusive husband, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, but seriously, because it awakens something within me. The one thing I learned in my last relationships was that my vision oftentimes didn't align with the vision of my partners. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, I was trying to shove someone into my vision, trying to make it work. And I have always wanted to travel. I've always, like, I kind of saw myself Mm -hmm. as like living a full-time road trip, you know, and, and that's what I experienced. And yeah. And so I was, so I just had those moments where I was like, thank God it didn't work out you know, because I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be living the life that I am today. And, you know, do I miss them at times? Of course, not the abusive husband, but my yeah. ex, I do, <laughs> I do miss at times, you know, but I also have the moments of clarity where I'm like, we're not aligned. I've now evolved so much by living the life that I've lived that I, we wouldn't be compatible, you know? 
Yes. And you see that now. Yeah. Yeah. And now being on the road alone, do you crave for partnership? Do you yearn? I do now. I do now. I didn't when I first left. When I first left Chicago, I was like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to be around anyone. I I just want to be alone in a small town. And I stayed in a lot of small towns. Um, Mm. And it was great. You know, it was just like, I just spent so much time by myself and it was fantastic. But again, like, I mean, I was severely codependent in my last relationship. Mm. So I really had to learn how to be alone, how to be independent, how to enjoy time in solitude. You know, that was, those were skills that I had to learn Mm -hmm. and now I love it, but I didn't, I didn't at first. Um, And then it was October of 2018. So I had been on the road for about a year and a half when I first started. I was like, okay, I'm ready to date now. And then it was terrifying because I hadn't dated in a couple of years, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, that, that did not, obviously that didn't work out. So I went on like one date with a guy and then, and then went on another, like, you know, dated someone else at the January, 2019. That was devastating. It was just like, I, Mm. what I noticed was that all of my wounds were getting triggered, you know, Mm -hmm. like all of the things that weren't healed in the last relationship. God was like, okay, fantastic. You're ready to date. Now it's time (laughs) to heal. (laughs) Amazing how that works out, right? We go, oh, I've been, I've been single for all these years and I've healed everything. Now I'm ready. Yeah. It's going to be blissful, but God, it's, it's not until we get that mirror right in front of us <laughs> where it all comes back up again. Yeah. And it's like Having trauma, you person. know, it's like I had so much, I had so much trauma being, being triggered. And so January, 2019, that lasted like a few weeks. And then I took a complete break from dating until October of 2019. So almost wow. a year. And, um, and then from October, 2019 to, to the present, I've been dating, 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 and yeah. <laughs> no, no one yet, but still, yeah. Lots You're more of comfortable with it now? Yeah. Really comfortable for sure. Not yeah. It's not, a, as, it's not as traumatizing, but what's interesting to me is that I, I cracked a joke with the last guy. I was like, I feel like I'm overqualified now. Like I feel ah. like I've done so much healing that like I meet these dudes and they're like, they're conscious, you know, they're very conscious. They're very awake. Like they can, they can talk about all of the things that I talk about and, and, mm. you know, and have lived, but mm. I'm now triggering them immensely ah. and they're realizing that they haven't actually done the level of work that I've done on myself. And so mm-hmm. I have like become really, really bright, you know, energetically. And, um, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of light for them to hold that they're not, it's like they can do it for about a couple of weeks and then, and then they run. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Beautiful. It's definitely a, a progression along the path along yeah. the journey of ascension and healing. Yep. That's often the case with spiritual oriented people is men and women. They'll attract those that need healing. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, the trick then is the challenge is to align with someone who can hold space equally so you can yeah. hold each other and, and uplift each other. Yeah. It's been, it's been really interesting. Like I realized that I was doing a lot of the space holding. I was very much in my masculine. And mm-hmm. because I was in my masculine, like 
So in my own journey of healing, I, I didn't have healthy masculine or feminine, you know? And so I had to relearn what healthy feminine feels like and what healthy masculine feels like, right? Like I had to really harmonize those two energies. Mm -hmm. And so through that, I learned how to hold space for myself and I'm exceptional at holding space for myself. So I learned what healthy masculine feels like, but so it's been interesting to then kind of gradually give that responsibility, you know, like as I meet someone, I'm like vulnerable Mm. and I, and I'm like in my feminine and I'm like, okay, like, let's see, let's see how much they can hold. And then they drop the ball pretty quickly. And I'm like, okay, well, that didn't work so well. Mm. (laughs) But I'm like, at least I, I know, you know, I know, like I can feel kind of where they're at. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so that was really, that was really vital for me. And I feel like that's a vital part of the healing process to a first know how to do that for yourself, because then you know what it feels like. And then you'll know very quickly whether or not someone is, is capable of, of showing up in that way. Mm-hmm. It's the inner marriage first, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> inner marriage first. So what does an ideal relationship look like for you? <laughs> someone who really, like, I want to be with someone who really allows me to shine. I mean, I'm an, I'm an Aries and I can be very intense. Mm-hmm. And I know this about myself and I've learned to just embrace it. Um, especially like when things are going really well, I want to like run through walls, you know, like I have intense energy. Um, so someone who can just like allow me to be with that or, you know, like allow, allow me to be in that energy, Uh um, and doesn't try to dim it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and someone who like, I, I need to be in a relationship with open communication um, someone I feel safe to be vulnerable with, lots of fun, sense of humor, travel, cooking, music, someone who really like supports who I am and what I do and also has, a, you know, a vision, their own personal vision, but also like, I really want a relationship mm-hmm. where we have a common vision that, you know, we have something we're working towards together. That's yeah, really it's important to me. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's, that's what we really help to cultivate couples too is that shared vision yeah it's so it's so important it's so powerful and the shared mission to be even if it's not like necessarily working the same business together but at least supporting one another and yeah having your independent lives co-mingle and support one another's so it's yeah coming together weaving Today's podcast is brought to you by the School of Nod, International School of Kundalini Yoga, Nod Yoga, Psychodrama, and more. Founded by the dynamic soulmate duo Haridam and Satkirtan, the School of Nod offers unique and transformative online programs. Satkirtan and Haridam have between them 30 years experience leading classes, workshops, kirtan, and retreats. For more information, go to www.schoolofnod.com. And now back to the podcast. WGTN Guatemala. So 
Yeah, the podcast coming up. This is your yeah. newest, the latest project. My newest baby. <laughs> your newest baby. You want to talk about that and how it was birthed? Yeah. So I have another podcast, Confessions of a Nomad. I've been a podcaster oh, wow. for the last three years. Okay. But it just never really, like it, I mean, it, it does not, like I have listeners, you know, but like uh-huh. it never really, it never really picked up. But it's been kind of my my ongoing journal ultimately. Mm. You know, I've I've been sharing over the years um what's been going on in my own life and kind of using it as using my life as a teachable moment. So then mm. after everything happened with the walk away movement, so I officially walked away in, in March, but I didn't really learn about the you know, the group on face Facebook and I didn't really start connecting with people until I think it was June. I think it was June sometime. Um and so as I started connecting with people in the walkaway movement, I was like, man, there are so many conscious, intelligent, outspoken, well-spoken human beings, first of all, mm-hmm. but so many entrepreneurs. And I started to get really inspired by what others were doing, you and know, such and variety and diversity. So much. It's the I most know. Diverse group I've ever experienced. <laughs> so I decided to I wanted to to um, feature people from the walkaway movement on Instagram live video, which you were a part mm-hmm. of, you know, so I started there. It was like, I want to, I want to put these walkaway stories out in the world, even though they're already out there on YouTube and whatnot. But I just felt like I want to put them in a different way, having a conversation. And so I started cultivating kind of these conscious conversations through walkaway, through non walkaway people, you know, just having like speak your truth type conversations. I was having writer conversations on my other Instagram page. And I just, I really value having conscious conversation, you know, and talking about things that aren't normally talked about publicly or that we hold shame around or that aren't part of like the mainstream narrative that was really important to me. And so then I had a couple conversations with a walkaway member, Joshua Noah, and he actually brought up he was like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, are you serious? Cause I'll totally, I'll totally take on another yeah. podcast, you know? And then, and so we were just going to have like our own podcast where we just talked about all these different, you know, issues. Mm. And then I was on Facebook and I saw this, I mean, nothing's random, but I saw this random post about porn and the the masculine feminine energies and i don't remember exactly what the post was but i remember reading through the comments and it was just a very intelligent conversation around porn mm. and i was like i want to have this conversation on the podcast and so when i reached out to josh he's like yeah it's not really like what i want to talk about but <laughs> <laughs> and so then i was like well then i will make it my podcast true you know in true aries form i will make it mine <laughs> and everyone else will will be a supporting role so um and he was fine with that because he was like you know I don't know that this will be like a long-term project for me and I was like it will be like this will be part of whatever is whatever my path is Mm -hmm. and so yeah it turned into this uncensored podcast and I was just like I want to bring people on to have conscious conversation to talk about you know taboo out of the box non-mainstream but what is, what's interesting about it is that that's happening for sure. But mm-hmm. what's also happening is there are people who are talking about, they still want to talk about some more kind of like mainstream type things, 
and some of their, some of their points of view, like I don't agree with, but I can't censor them. You know what I mean? Like it goes, it completely goes against the entire, the podcast entire podcast. Called uncensored. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm like, man, so it's been really fascinating. Cause I'm like, I'm having to look at where am I still uncomfortable mm-hmm. in having conversations with people mm-hmm. and and where am I still feeling uncomfortable in showing up and speaking my truth? And how do, how do we have conversations with people who we don't agree with in a conscious, loving way? And I, what I've learned through, I've done eight so far, and, and all of them so far, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with it's the, some that are scheduled in the future. But I've noticed that one of my strengths that I knew, but I didn't really know until I started doing this Mm -hmm. was I have the ability to pull the best out of people. I have the ability to really shine a light Mm -hmm. on, on someone else's light. And, and I'm able to ask questions to get to like, why does someone believe this? Because that was what really initiated me walking away. When I looked at, you know, quote unquote, the other side, Right. And I looked at why does someone believe this? Why are they so passionate about this? And those are the conversations we need to be having because when we can come to an understanding, we don't have to agree with everyone, but if we can come to an understanding of how did they get to this belief? Why do they believe this? Why are they so passionate about it? And what is the, what is the loving piece that is backing this belief of theirs? You know, cause I, I believe that it comes from, from somewhere. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's evolving into something that's very needed right now at this moment in time. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see why I was led to this. Great. That's <laughs> oh, so beautiful. So they yeah. say leap in the net will appear. And yep. your journey, even when we're speaking about the business side of hiring all the coaches just to find your way back to you and <laughs> <laughs> how a lot of it is we learn by doing. Mm-hmm. So often we get caught up in this fear of, well, I'm not good enough yet. I don't know how yet. I don't know what my role is going to be in this yet. Or, you know, whatever we tell ourselves to hold ourselves back from actually doing it where real lessons come, the real magic unfolds, the realization of what our true purpose is and our true strengths. The clarity always comes when we're in action, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, yes, sometimes clarity comes, sometimes answers come in meditation, a hundred percent. But I would say I get more clarity when I'm actually in action and not, not in action from a space of I need to make this happen or right. I need a certain outcome. But taking action out of curiosity, out of creativity, out of, I don't know, this feels exciting. Let's just see what happens. And I had multiple people, although one, one family member in particular who was like, <laughs> how is this going to make you money? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Right? I just know I'm being called to do it. You know, it's just like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to make money? I'm like, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. I, I have not had money so many times in my life. Like if this doesn't make money, oh, well, you know, like, oh, well. And, and what's interesting is that through all of this, I've also been asked, like, what I've noticed is that the more, the more that I include people in this, right? I mean, I'm, I told you like guests are booked through the end of the year and into January. Now it's crazy how quickly guests came in. It was just like, it was so easy. It was literally the easiest thing I've ever done. 
And when I did that, (laughs) yeah, right. I'm like, okay, clearly I'm on the right path. So Mm -hmm. when that happened, then I also starting, started to get invited on other people's podcasts. You know, it was like that whole, like giving and receiving, Mm -hmm. right? I'm giving people opportunities to come onto my podcast and speak their truth. And then people are inviting me on their podcast to tell my story. And it's, it's great, you know, so it's this reciprocity that I don't think would have happened otherwise. And then through that, I started, you know, selling ad spaces and it's not just like, yes, of course, it's a way to finance the podcast, but what came through me today when I was, when I was reflecting on it, I was like, you know, it's this ripple effect. There's a ripple effect in the conversations being had, you know, there's a ripple effect in having a variety of people on the podcast and really, you know, reaching people that I, I personally wouldn't have reached otherwise. But then there's also, you know, there's such a need for healing right now. And by offering ad spots, not to, not to get a sponsorship from like Audible or, you know, other products that don't ultimately really matter in the grand scheme of things, but to give ad spots to entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. who have products and services who can actually serve the people who are listening, Mm -hmm. right? So if someone is listening to an episode about healing addiction, and then there's an entrepreneur up, up front who's like, I do hypnotherapy or I do addiction recovery. Or, I do this, you know, or, um, you know, a, a podcast on healthy masculine and feminine. And then, you know, someone has a spot for like, I'm a relationship coach or I help you, whatever it may be. Mm. It's like, there's, there's this platform that then just creates this massive ripple effect so that when, when people listen to the podcast, they also have access to people who offer services who can help them. And in this massive awakening right now, people need to know where can I get help when I don't know what to do, like who can help me? Yeah. So it's, I'm really seeing the bigger picture of it. And I'm just like, God, it's, I'm so grateful. Like I'm so grateful that I get to be the one to birth this out into the world, you know? Yeah. And you're creating community. That's what I see. Mm -hmm. It's, um, the Aquarian way is no yes. longer I, me, it's we. <laughs> yes. So yes. Uh, bringing everybody together and supporting other entrepreneurs in that way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So with your, your process of coming into your own and speaking your truth, I guess I'm curious at what point you really felt like, wow, I now know who I am. And you have a faith in there too. You were saying at first your faith was wobbling a bit. <laughs> and yeah, was there yeah. a specific moment or thing that happened that really cemented your faith in yourself, really? I wouldn't say that there was one moment. Mm-hmm. I would say it felt like a constant peeling of layers of my old way of being. Mm-hmm. And the more that I peeled off another layer and another layer and another layer, I got deeper and deeper and closer and closer to who I am at my core. I think that there were a lot of things that played a part in it. You know, obviously traveling around and staying in Airbnbs and I felt like my business was kind of like a patchwork quilt for I mean, it still feels like a patchwork quilt, if I'm being honest. Like, you know, it's just like money comes from here and it comes from here and it comes from here and And to be honest, like I didn't always 
I still don't only make money through my business. Like sometimes money just comes to me. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. You know, like, yeah. Like so it, it comes from a variety of, of places and like sometimes people just want to support me. I've, I have actually received money just for being who I am, which goes against everything we're taught in our society. Mm. Um, you know, it's just like, yeah, it was just like by you being in your light, by you embodying who you are. I, I had my friend who I stayed with in Phoenix. She said to me, cause I stayed with her for eight months, um, for free until I went to Utah and then I came back and now I'm in the process of, of getting my own space. But she said to me multiple times, you know, I learned so much from you just by being in your presence, just mm-hmm. being in your presence is powerful. And I would say that that was those moments, those conversations were probably when I really began to understand the power of who I am and that nothing I ever do will ever be more powerful than who I choose to be. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was, it, that was a long time coming of not trying to force action to create an outcome, but to align with who I, who I innately am first and then see what the next, the next natural step is. Yeah. That was, that was a really big lesson for me. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, and it's like that too, because we always, the mind wants to put out a whole series of plans. I'm going to do this, then this will happen, then I'm going to do this, and then this will happen. <laughs> the, and it and never this, works. And then this, and then this, and then it never works <laughs> as planned. It works something totally different and miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> and the more we learn to surrender to that natural flow and just taking that one right action right now. Yep. And then until feel called to do the next action and the next, and the next, but taking it one step at a time, would you say that's true? Yeah. And I would say also like, so for people who are really wanting to, to implement this and, and live your life in this way, which we don't really have a choice anymore. Like we kind of have to, it, we're, we're already there. You know, I think that we're already there. We're like, the old way of being doesn't work anymore. And if you keep trying to do it the old way, you're going to hit brick wall after brick wall after brick wall until you finally surrender the new mm-hmm. way, which is being and not being able to see the whole path and just taking the next right action that feels aligned. And I had to create a lot of energetic space with others in my life who don't understand this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, most likely it's typically family members right? Like it's typically family members who don't understand this way of being. And I finally got to the point where I was just like, I, I love you. I do not have time or energy to explain to you why I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Like I have things to do. I have, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and cause you can't explain to someone who doesn't understand it. If they can't wrap their head around it or they haven't experienced it personally, then they don't understand, they don't understand it. And nothing you say is going to make sense to them. And so it's just, you know, I've set a lot of loving boundaries Mm -hmm. and kind of became a broken record, you know, of like, I'm not going to do things in this way just to make you feel safe. I'm sorry to hear that you were, you're worried about me. I'm not, I'm not worried. I know that things will always work out, you know, and Mm -hmm. I had to create that space of not letting other people's doubts and fears come in. Cause, and that was multiple times on my journey where it was just like, 
I'm already battling my own mind, my right. own doubts, my own fears, my own insecurities. Mm-hmm. I can't take on someone else's too. <laughs> yeah, it's too much for me. <laughs> Especially when it's family. Cause yeah, the, the obvious connection we have with them having being the people that birthed us into the world. Right. And they're also right. the ones that implanted the ideas of the life that we were <laughs> previously living. So yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging to navigate those waters. And me being a cancer, I'm so empathetic. I literally oh, had God, to cut yeah. ties to those voices because I cared too much of what yep. they thought and how my actions were affecting them and their emotions. And it's powerful to then step into your own power and say, this is my life. I'm yep. taking it back, <laughs> taking full responsibility and trusting that the life we live and the example that we show in this world is by itself a way of being a beacon of light that you know maybe they'll recognize maybe they won't but <laughs> yeah i and i would say one thing that's been really helpful in my relationship and my journey with my family it's been a rocky road for sure mm-hmm. um i've had some family members who have really supported me and i've had some family members who i had to cut ties with temporarily you know it was like i said a boundary mm-hmm. i can't engage with you in this way. I hope that at one point we can, but right now mm-hmm. it's, it's just not, okay. you know, it's just not happening. Um, but then I also did the energetic work, you know, mm-hmm. I held them in my heart and meditation. Mm-hmm. I worked on transmuting the energy. So I did a lot of that, but what I will say is that, you know, six and a half years later of being an entrepreneur, not everyone is coming around but there are people who did not see what I was doing at like, did not understand it, who are they're They're catching glimpses. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, okay. Something is happening. So, you know? And so I just, I had to, I like, I was very loving and compassionate most of the time. Not always, you know, I right. definitely got triggered early on, but, yeah, but yeah. now <laughs> I just, I just say like, I'm sorry. You can't see my vision. I'm sorry. You can't feel what I feel. I'm sorry you can't know, like you don't know what I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's just like that deep inner knowing. Like, I'm sorry that you can't feel that. I just know I'm on the right path. And I know that at some point you will see it. I don't know when you'll see it. I don't know when you'll believe it. And, and I'm not doing it to prove anything to you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not about me proving it. I just know in the depths of my soul, this is who I came here to be. This is what I'm here to do. And I feel like, having that level of confidence in myself kind of calms other people down mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, because they're like, Oh, okay, well, I don't know. She's confident. So we'll see what happens. Right. And, and so that has kind of begun to turn things around a little bit. And again, that goes back to that faith, having the faith and, and taking the next step forward, even when everyone is watching and you're like, I might fall on my face in front of every single person here, <laughs> but I'm going to try it anyway. And I have, mm-hmm. I have fallen on my face multiple times. And when they're like, you're going to give up. So. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and I get back up and I keep on walking. I get yeah. back up. I brush myself off and I keep on going. And I just, I can't waste time being embarrassed. And I feel like that speaks volumes to other people. Cause what I've learned is that the people who really judge us are the ones who would never take their own personal leap of faith. The mm-hmm. ones who have taken some form, form of, you know, leap of faith, they're like, congratulations on failing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. They understand. You learn something. Yeah. It's true. I feel like when people don't support 
or they can't get to that place, it's because that would mean that within them, they're not allowing themselves to, yeah, take a leap of faith. They'd have to acknowledge the fact that the way that they're living their life may be wrong or maybe not serving their highest good. And so they're going to hold on to that belief. You bring up a really good point, which I think is important for people to remember that so many of us as a society, we create our identity based on a belief. We have become that belief. So if you identify as a specific belief, then changing that belief would be the death to you, right? right? So, so that's, Typically, so many people identify with their ego and that belief, their human self. They don't, they don't align with their higher self and the infinite wisdom that we are, you know? And so for me, I'm like, I can change beliefs. I can change boxes and labels and lifestyles right. and whatever. It's what I, you know, because I'm just, I'm fluid. I'm like, all right, you know, like this didn't work. So let me try this other thing. But to someone whose like entire identity is in, you know, being a mom or being, you know, a coach or being some sort of professional or having a belief that life is a certain way, you know, as a society, like we've been so structured and conditioned into these boxes and labels, it is death to your ego to challenge that, to question that, that to step outside of that. So to see someone else being like, I don't know, I'll figure it out and I'll fly by the seat of my pants. And if this doesn't work out, I'll do this. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know. I'm still alive. So I guess something's working. <laughs> Exactly. We never know until we try. Exactly. Well, I commend you so much for following your heart, following your passions, your curiosity, and going for it. And you seem very happy as a result. Would you say that's the case? Yes. And and I will say, like, even people who haven't fully supported me, they're like, Well, you're happy. I'm like, I am. I'm very happy. So they notice, you know, they don't they don't necessarily understand what's happening or why it's happening or whether it's not going to work out, but they're like, I don't know. She seems happy. So I guess we'll just let her be. (laughs) (laughs) So where can people find you if they're looking to get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram at and the nomad or my website and livingstoncoaching.com. And then my book radical rebirth is on Amazon. So beautiful. And there's a Kindle version too, right? Yep. There's Kindle paperback and audible. Oh, cool. Audible. So you, you can listen awesome. to me read it to you. <laughs> I might do that, actually. <laughs> yes, I've, I've had people really like it. So I, yeah, it was, that was, you know, what's interesting is that when the, when the book was released as a PDF, then people were like, I really want, you know, a, a paperback version. I was like, all right, I'll figure out how to get it on, on uh-huh. Amazon. So that happened. And then paperback and Kindle happened at the same time. But then I had people saying, I just, I'm not really much of a reader. Like I'd really like an audible version. I was like, all right, let me go record it. You know? So it's like you guys ask and I deliver. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And you recorded it in your, your own voice. I did. Yep. Excellent. I love it. I took when a, see that. Yeah. I took a side trip up to Sedona. I spent like 12 hours in my hotel room <laughs> um, recording it. Yeah. Mm, it was wow. the same. It was the same weekend that um, I came up with the title for it. So it was kind of a, a monumental time. So how did the title come? I'm curious. I was at a coffee shop 
and I actually had a working title at the time. Um, I had, I had brought together my editor, a really good, two really good, no, three really good friends of mine. I had like a little committee. We had a, a zoom meeting yeah. and, um, you know, I basically told them they had already read it, but I told them about the next two books and kind of like my journey and where things were leading and the vision of it all. And so they helped me come up with a working title. Well, then when I went to Sedona, I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was like, something else is coming through. And I think I knew I wanted to use the word radical. I can't remember. But anyway, there was like, I went to thesaurus.com. <laughs> uh-huh. And I started looking up at, you know, some different options. And um, there's, a whole, there's a whole story around, around rebirth, which I'm sure I'll write in one of the books, probably book three. Um, anyway, so that, that came, the radical rebirth. And then later that night, I was in a bath. I was in my bathtub and I was texting mm. my editor who was in her bathtub. And um, <laughs> we, started, we started brainstorming the subtitle, which is Dismantling the Illusion and Surrendering to the Whisper. And, mm. and it just, I was like, that's it that's, that's, that's it. That's the title. So yeah, it all, it all kind of, cause I was, as I was recording the audio book, you know, I was being reminded of different themes and different, you know, words. And, mm-hmm. and so it was, that's kind of how the subtitle came was I jotted down all these words and I messaged my editor and I was like, okay, these are all the things that are coming through. And so she started playing around with words and yep. Before I knew it, I had the whole title. Beautiful. Yeah, those bathtubs really help for inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like, well, especially you as a water sign, I'm sure like anywhere in water, you're like, oh, the universe just speaks to me. (laughs) Water is so conscious and has so much (laughs) memory. Ah, yeah, I could write a book on water. (laughs) You should. I should totally write a book on water. The power of water. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And the podcast, Uncensored, launches Friday, Yep. At least. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I'm in that, I'm in that process where it's all coming together. It'll definitely be this week for Mm -hmm. sure. I look Um, forward to that. Yeah. So Uncensored, the conversations we were told not to have is the full title of it. Beautiful. Yeah. Definitely look forward to tuning in and I'll be guest on your podcast coming. You up are here in November. Yes. Look yes. forward to that I'm conversation excited. as well. Me too. Yeah, it's just such an amazing gift to have connected with you through the walk away. I agree. Such a I agree. I've, movement. I've just made so many amazing friends, like lifelong friends. You yeah. know, people that are just so aligned with where I am right now, and it's just, I was literally Mm. asking God for more conscious friends. I was like, Mm. I want more conscious people in my life. And then boom, there it is. But you know, I didn't think that it would come in that avenue or through that avenue. So it's like, you really have to be open. (laughs) Like, right. It's like, you have to be open to politics. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you lose friends. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and that, that happened too. But, <laughs> but the new connections, yes, I feel the similar. It's, it's soul family. Mm-hmm. The people that are more aligned with where we are now. And I agree. I'm like, we need a walkaway retreat, you know, like for those of us who have like really connected. I'm like, that'd be really fun. Like in you know, 2021 or sometime to get together and like actually meet in person. Yeah. It's a fabulous idea. Yeah, and I'm just so grateful, yeah, for all the conversations we had on your previous Instagram series. Yeah, and for yeah this. you've been Thank on two of them. Coming on. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for coming Absolutely. on. Thank- I mean, like, 
forward to speaking again. Thanks for sharing your story. It's very inspiring. Thank I'm sure you. a lot of people will find it inspiring as well. I agree. I, yeah, it's, I feel like it's just something that needs to be out there for people to understand that there are no actual limitations. You can actually do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yes, that's it. Boom. <laughs> yeah. The, the tagline for our, our business now school of nod is activate your bliss codes and fulfill your soul calling. That's what we're all about is dropping it. all that, all those beliefs that we're supposed to live our life a certain way and a certain format by societal standards of making money and all these things that we've been told and programmed with dropping all of that. So we can actually live a life of bliss because that's what Absolutely. we're doing. That's what our soul and the money us there. When we and the, the money <laughs> always, and the, yeah, the money always follows it. You know, the money has always followed ease and flow and joy and passion in my life. You know, it's like when I feel like I'm trying to force it because I'm coming from a place of fear, I'm like, it, it never works. You know, it never works. So, and I, and I got to a point a little while ago where I was like, I refuse to do something I don't want to do just for the sake of money. That is not how I live my life. I would rather not have money than make money through an <laughs> avenue. That's not, that's not authentic because it's not going to feel good, you know, and I'm just not available for that. So Yeah. Like and that's what's going to carry us into this next golden age, this Aquarian age that is the great awakening that is happening now. Agreed. And those of us who, have, who understand how to do it. Yes. And those of us who understand this, like it's really up to us to model this to other people, yeah. you know, to show them that this is, that this is the way and, and that it's possible. Well, thank you, Anne. Have a thank beautiful you. rest of your day. And you too. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. We thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe so as not to miss a single episode. We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience, to share the nod. So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Love coming.